Thank you all for joining us for another episode of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study. I am your host, Coach Chelsea, and I'm super excited to just join you all again just for another moment to grow in servant leadership, to grow in faith, and to grow in learning to lead and serve like Christ would ask us to. And what better way to do that than have the servant leader that I have on today with us, y'all? We kind of go way back to. I say big blue, right? Riding on the bus, girls on the left, boys on the right, going to those CIAA matchups. We have servant leader Landon Bussey with us today. He is the head men's basketball coach for Alcorn State University. And I'm super excited to just be able to catch up. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the amazing things that he's doing. But Landon, I thank you for your time, man. I tell people all this, time is that one thing in life that once it's given, we can't give it back. So I thank you for it. I know it's limited. And I'm going to pass the torch to you to say hello to our listeners. We'll get this conversation started today. Of course, like you said, I'm Landon Bussey, head men's basketball coach of Alcorn State University. Um, and it's an honor to just be on your podcast and grateful for the opportunity um, just to be here today. I appreciate that so much. You know, like I you know, said in the intro, you know, me and Landy, Landon both, we played for Livingstone College in the CIAA HBCU um, for a couple of years. He then transitioned out, but just the um, being able to grow in that aspect uh, allowed me to learn about your foundation. And it's just so amazing when you see the foundation of someone and then watch just kind of how you're moving and just blooming now. And so I'm just, I just want to take time and say I'm proud of you. I'm super proud of you. I know there's more coming down the pipeline. And so I just wanted to give you your flowers in that moment for that. Um, but to start this conversation, I've always laughed. I tell people all the time, you know, my grandma used to always say, baby, you got no Christ for yourself. And in this, of course, platform, we're talking about Christian and faith-based coaches. I want to talk a little about with you, your journey through finding Christ for yourself. You know, we may have learned it through our parents, we may have learned it through our grandparents, but when was that moment that you learned him for yourself and, and put him at the head of your life? Um, just growing up. Just growing up, um, I grew up in in the church where you know I was in the choir. I couldn't sing, but you know I was, <laughs> I was in the about to say, don't make us make you bust a note now. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the choir Sunday school with my mom. I think you know I was an usher. My brother usher. My my sister we was an usher. Then my mom cooked uh, Sunday breakfast for all, all the kids, and you know just just grew up in the household of going to church and going to Bible study. And then, of course, you know, there, there are some times in life where you, your faith gets tested. And then probably in my 20s, I, I, I probably wasn't as strong. Then eventually, the older I got, you know, got back trying to get stronger. And every day by day, trying to get stronger and stronger, my belief in my faith. So I definitely grew up in a household and, um, and just, you know, household of going to church, you know, believing in God and everything like that. So um definitely it always started for me since I was pretty much born I grew up like that <laughs> I laugh because I meet you where you are I'm talking about ushering 
the choir. Uh-huh. Right? Anytime <laughs> the doors were open, us anniversary. See, I went my grandparents too. So we go and my mama would be like, okay, you got to go with your grandparents. And then it's like usher anniversary, a hundred men in black and white, uh, past the anniversary, I'd be like, oh my goodness, we were in church all Sunday. But one of the things I think you can agree is it truly did lay a foundation for us. Something oh, that absolutely. we all go through it, right? We we do. We get to a place where we drift, right? Because I hope we understand mm-hmm. that move. We do. But it's something about that foundation that allows us to come on back because we knew where we, from whence we've come. Absolutely. I think that's, that's what it is. Um, sometimes you do drift off. Sometimes you you know, you, you do, you know, not do as much as you should be doing as far as continue to just get stronger in your faith. But then you always fall back into that foundation. Um, and like I said, that, that's the same thing with basketball now. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is, I mean, of course, sometimes you might get off path, you might forget, the, you know, the type of program or the culture or the foundation that really got you to where you are right now. You drifting. And that now I want to get out of my, my, my zone a little bit. I want to be this certain type of player that I'm not. But then you got to really, you know, some of these student athletes back in, like, this is what you built off of. This is what this program is built off of. And this is the, you know, the only way that you could be successful in this mm-hmm. program. So just the, the foundation that's been, that's been laid here all corn is what I'm trying to do. I think that's so awesome. And you're doing that, right? I want to take time, guys. And, you know, many of us probably know it, those that are listening too. But, I mean, you... I want to transition here because you, when you stepped in and came the head coach of Alcorn State, you took over a program that, you know, was struggling a little bit, right? And so sometimes I laugh because we know that when you decide to go into that coaching profession, right, there's ebbs and flows of a season. There's also jobs that when you take that job, you know, like, hey, I got to build this thing up. And sometimes people think it takes a little bit of time and it does. Well, for you, man, it, it happened pretty quickly. So I want you to talk a little bit about, you know, just kind of when you took over the program, what was in your mind to kind of set the tone and what culture were you trying to build there that then, of course, you know, served its purpose because you were super successful and we want to go ahead and congratulate you on the amazing season that you had and also being named uh, Coach of the Year. I think when I, when I took over this program, me being in the SWAC, I think prior to being a head coach at Alcorn, I think I was in the SWAC for five or six years um, since 2014. So probably about six years. So um, my time at Prairie View, um, we won two regular season championships and we won one SWAC tournament championships. And I had the honor of recruiting some of them student athletes. So I started to um, identify the type of players that, you know, what it takes to be successful in the SWAC. So I would immediately, when I go recruiting, talking to the kid, talking to their family, just identifying um, the type of players that can help you be successful in the SWAC. And so when I was, you know, gifted the opportunity to be the head coach of Alcorn, you know, of course, coming in, it's a new coach, new style, new, new system. Um, just making that transition is it, pretty hard because, um, you know, when you're a leader, you cannot, there's no way possible you can make everybody happy. It's, it's, it's virtually impossible to make everybody happy. When I mean by all the student athletes, the administration, the fan base, um, the support system, um, you know, just a, alumni, it, it's no way possible. Um, and, that, and that's a part of being a leader. You got to make tough decisions. And so me coming in the door, I knew I had to come in. I had to make some tough decisions. And that's just as far as if I was, you know, 
moving in a different direction from a you know student athlete, um, moving in a different direction from a coach, moving in a different direction just from um, different culture, um, if it's academic, belief, or whatever the case may be. So coming in, um, it was tough, you know, just coming in, trying to change the culture um, instantly. And so the only way I knew that was by just continue to stand on what I believe in, um, be strong what I believe in, and, and hopefully I have the support cast behind me to help me make the change in this culture. I think that's awesome. I think you said some really big things there, right? Because see, in leadership, every person is not going to approve of your decisions. But I love how you said, you know, leaders, you have to understand that you're going to have to make the tough decisions. Because clearly the way that it was working is not a, a knock to anybody in that moment or that facet, but it wasn't working. So I have to make the tough decisions and leaders have to do that. And I, and I so often think about when God allows people to be in certain places, he knows how to equip you to get you ready. And when I think about when you took over the program, you didn't take over this program without the foresight. You didn't take over this program lightly. You did the work, you know, and as the word says, faith without works is dead. You did the work. And so it doesn't surprise me that when you actually took over that the fruit of your labor is showing and manifesting itself. You know, you talk a lot about making tough decisions and standing by what you believe in. I want to know, being that you're a faith-based coach, how much of your discernment, how much do you lean on Christ and pray before you make these decisions as the head coach? Oh, all the time. Um, That's one of my biggest things is always, you know, sleep on it, pray on it um, before you make a decision. Because at the end of the day, the decision that I decide to make I'm going to stand on that decision. So definitely want to sleep on it. Definitely want to pray on it and definitely want to do what's, you know, what's in the best interest of the program and what's best interest as far as my belief. So when it comes down to that, it's, it's just, you know, like I said, we talk about faith all the time is believing in something that, that, that you can't see. And so mm-hmm. me personally, I, I vision, you know, this program moving in the right direction, but it was just something I believe, even though I couldn't see it. And when I came in, I was like, this, this, this is hard. This is harder than what it looks like um, because changing the culture and get a team and the organization and the players and the coaches and the administration to get their mind processing back to, okay, we have been in the middle of the pack for the last 20 years. You know, Alcorn haven't won a championship in 20 years. This is the first championship in 20 years. To now we got to change everybody's mindset into championship mindset. Mm-hmm. So coming in the door, it was a situation where I had to pray on a lot of different things. Um, do I want to keep this? Do I want to keep that? Do I want to try to make this adjustment? I want to make, but anything I did first is always, I always prayed on, always slept on it. Um, and sometimes that, that could take days, that's, that could take weeks um, until the Lord provides you and give you guidance in, in the right direction. I think that's golden. And see, so you you stop, as, as my pastor would say, you stop by the pews of many, right? When we pray for things, and the hardest portion at that moment is when we pray now waiting. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking, I forget who said it, and it was something, a video I was looking, and he was like, you know, it's so funny, we'll order from Uber Eats, we'll order from DoorDash, we'll order Instacart, we'll do all these things, and then it says, estimated time, X, Y, Z. We don't question it. 
We don't send messages like, hey, when y'all coming, y'all need to hurry up. We wait on it. And then sometimes it'll say delayed, delayed, running behind, going to take a little bit more, new estimated time. We'll sit and wait on flights, delayed, and we'll sit and wait. But when we pray to God and he never says, I'm going to come at this particular time, he says, I'm going to come at the right time, the appointed time. All we have to do is trust. We have the hardest time doing that, just waiting on them. One thing I learned, and I'm pretty sure you have too, is when we wait on them, I don't want anything that's not done in his time. Mm-hmm. You know, you probably know, and you've seen too, I've had my, I had my first kid. And it's so funny, you know, I had her a little bit early. Now, granted, she was still fine. She was great, actually, to be exact, but there's certain things that happen when things come early. And so all I know is when I want God to bless me, I want him to do it in his appointed time. Mm-hmm. But I think that's so awesome. You know, when we take a look at, you know, you teaching these young men the game of basketball, I know because I know and have watched you, but I want you to talk a little bit about how you also use basketball as a ministry to lead those young men outside of the lines. What are some of the things that you do to promote them being men and to make them ready when they leave your helm at Alcorn? I think one of the like one of the biggest things I talk to them about all the time is just you know treating people the right way, mm-hmm. you know just being nice to people, um, treating people the right way, um, you know doing the right thing. That's I'm I'm very big on just you know treating people with kindness, um, and treating people the right way, um, and just you know always stand on you know what you believe in. Um, that that's one of the biggest things for me. You know I try to give these guys. Um, different scenarios about you know when I was in college and some of the decisions that I made and some of the decisions that you know you can learn from um, because like you said Chelsea you know me and you came to Livingstone together we both was fresh freshmen at the mm-hmm. time and you were a very very fierce competitor when you got <laughs> on that court I mean you were you were you were you were mean and tough <laughs> when you got on that court but when you was off the court you was the sweetest girl on campus but when you was on that court we got between those four lines <laughs> You used to play with so much passion and intensity. And so, you know, that's what I, I try to um, instill in my guys. Mm-hmm. Um, when we get between these four lines, um, you know, we got to roll about sleeves and we got to be a different type of beast. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, but off the court, you could be the nicest guy. You could be, you know, very, be very kind to people. Um, mm-hmm. Just do things the right way. Um, always just, you know, have joy in, in, in your heart and things like that. Like, you know, my mom always told me, you know, you treat the president like you treat the janitor. Come on you know? now. So because at the end of the day, you never know who's watching. You know, you never know what like relationships and, and things that could be built up um, as far as in, in your career. You don't want to burn bridges, but mm. just, you know, just being kind and having joy in your heart and, you know, not mistreating people. That, I'm very big on that with my student athletes, continue to talk to them about, you know, things that, you know, that I had to learn from in my, in, in my college days, um, mm-hmm. just growing up and hopefully um, some sharing some of the experience that I had helped them moving forward. And I think that's golden, uh, you know, and truly <laughs> we both were that way, right? Uh, well, you do. Off the court, y'all, he was the same way, uh, cool, <laughs> calm, collected, but when you, you're right. When you get between them lines, it's like, no, it's a, it's a totally different aspect, but that's that time and place. But I think more than anything, you said it best, you know, just treat people right. I don't care what your title, your position is. I'm always reminded um, a, a servant leader came on 
months passed and they spoke of this commercial of this person who was coming for a job interview right in the store and so they were just kind of dismissive because they were rushing they're trying to get to the person that was supposed to give them this interview and so this person was stocking the shelves and was like you know how can I help you they dismissed them oh no I don't need to see you need to see you well come to find out the person stocking the shelves was also the person that was supposed to be interviewing them Mm. it's just amazing you know I always keep that in mind just like you said you know your mom taught you you cheat the president the same way you would the janitor, right? Because at the end of the day, everybody is somebody. And like I was saying, I was saying this to Coach Jerry Porter, uh, who's at Francis Marion. And I said, um, you know, it's amazing. It's hard sometimes, especially with those people that irk us. But we have to remember that that same person that may get on our nerves is God's child too. Mm-hmm. And when I continue Absolutely. to move that way, even when it's hard, I'm like, okay, you're his child too and I must treat you the way that he wants right <laughs> absolutely <laughs> I, I agree with you 100 percent. absolutely I love absolutely. it speaking on our Livingstone days right and we talked about this a little bit beforehand you know I, I know coach Stinson was your coach and you all still talk to this day but you know I always talk to people about um coach Cabrera Huff at Voorhees he always calls them your board of directors um, you have people that have different things. I always like to say who occupies the seats at your table. And of course, as of recent and late, people have heard me talk about um, the meme I saw. It says, who are the pallbearers in your life? Like who's holding you up as you climb the mountain, as you move forward? You know, and I want you to talk a little bit about uh, that leadership, those people you can lean on that kind of help give you that godly advice, helps give you that mature advice athletically and as a man to help push you forward to success. Um, definitely Coach Stenson is one of them. Um, it's, you know, cause I'm very big off of just trust. Um, and, you know, he's a guy who recruited me um, coming out of high school um, and had the opportunity to go to Salisbury, North Carolina. And I was there for two years. And, um, and since then, we still have stayed in contact with each other. Um, even when I was at, you know, Xavier University, you know, he would still reach out to me, check on me, just making sure that, um, I was mentally good because my, my dad passed away in 2008. Mm-hmm. And so he would, you know, check on me to make sure I'm still, you know, mentally good, making sure that um, everything is good. So he's a guy who um, pretty much if I'm if I have a hire or um, anybody in that in that North Carolina area or anybody that he knows as far as what I'm looking for, you know, a coach or whatever the case may be, I would definitely call him um, to get his input and insight on it as far as um, what do you think about this guy? Um, so he's mm-hmm. definitely a guy who has, you know, had played a huge part in my success here in my career and here all for him. I um, also would say um, Byron Smith, former head coach. I mean, when we started current head coach at Prairie View A&M University, um, always, you know, call him, just, you know, get, get mentored about, you know, some of the things that, you know, having his early years as a head coach and early years is just life in general. Um, and, you know, Danton Jackson, the guy who I played for also at Xavier University of Louisiana. So, um, it's, it's, like I said, I have guys in my corner right now that I call uh, for different things, guys who I call for, like, just different leadership and different advice, different, um, you know, trustworthy guys who I really trust in that's going to lead me in the right direction. I think that's awesome, and I think that's important. You know, we have to make sure that we have the right leadership, right, to get that is getting us in that place. And I love it because – so often, sometimes we think we can do things in our own might, in our own power, right? God gives us this counsel, right? And we just lean on, we have to have the right people in our corner that's leading and counterpulling us forward. And I think that's amazing. You know, you talked about, 
sometimes helping you with the hire and sometimes helping you with a recruit, right? And so this came to me and, and it's funny because I was like, well, the next person that's going to be on is Landon and he's just going to have to get this new question, right? And so it be new to you, but I think as a coach and as a man, it's going to be one that, you know, be just fine. But in my mind, you know, you think about as a coach, we have to recruit, right? And you know, ideally, when you are out recruiting, what you're looking for, you spoke about that a little bit before, right? And so when you're looking for a recruit, what is it that you look for, right? I know you're talking about competing, but in, in terms of a person, when you look for that recruit, this is not a help recruit, I'm going somewhere with this. What are you looking for in that person as a man when you're recruiting a young man to come to Auckland? Um, I think it's simple. It's simple. Um, you know, when you do a home visit and mom asks you to take out the trash and you say, mm-hmm. yes, ma'am, or mom asks you to take out the trash and you be like, <clears throat> okay. Mm-hmm. So if you're not showing your mom any respect, mm-hmm. this lady who birthed you and raised you, you there's no way you're going to show me any type of respect. Mm-hmm. So I think that just, you know, really dissecting and um, getting an understanding for the person, what they believe in, um, making sure our guidelines match up with each other, for one, um, seeing how they stand as far as academically, how strong they are, and then another thing, how talented they are on the court. But I think the biggest thing is just, you know, really just understanding their character, mm-hmm. understand what type of character they are, uh, understand, you know, like I said, we talked about foundation, see what the foundation they come from, see, see what their beliefs are. Because like I said, the biggest thing is you could go into a household and you could really make a decision and um, determine the factor within 10 minutes of mm-hmm. how they treat their mom, how do they treat their sister, how do they treat, you know, their younger brother or their dad. Um, if they're treating their parents and their family with no respect, um, I've only been knowing you for the last, you know, three to six months as far as me recruiting you. There's no way that you're going to come in my program and treat me with respect if, you know, this person right here who raised you all your life, you don't respect them. So I think that's one of the biggest things that um, we talk about recruiting is just really understanding that foundation, sitting down, understanding, making sure that y'all guidelines and beliefs line up with each other, um, taking a look at, you know, academically, see how strong they are academically. And then um, that talent on the court. I think that's perfect. And I love how it was about the person before the game, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going with this is, and you, you did it perfect. Where I'm going with this is, what dropped of mine the other day, right? I tell people all the time, I'm a recruiter for Bryce. That's what we all are, right? And so it's funny because it's like, if that's what we're trying to do, do we know what we should, should be showing? And do we know what Christ is looking for? So now I'm going to shift this gear for a moment. And if you consider... Christ as a recruiter, what do you think he would be looking for in us as Christians? I think he would just be looking for us to um, continue to um, just lead by example. What I mean mm-hmm. by that is just, you know, by modeling yourself in the right way. Like we talk about just by being kind and being nice and just, um, of course, he's an almighty leader. But mm-hmm. for us to be just be good examples of, you know, what we are trying to lead these young men and women as just by being just good role models and just by treating people kind, um, being nice to people. And, and, and that's, that, that's what I honestly believe that that's what he want. I think, and it's perfect, right? So you did great. That came into my mind the other day and I laughed because I said, you know, I've thought of so many coaches and so many athletic professionals and even athletes on this podcast, right? And so often one of the things that can kind of throw us off is how do I know what I'm looking for if I don't, if it hasn't been defined for me, 
you know, I talk to my players all the time about what a coach is looking for, right? And and I can tell you, I'll be like, oh, that's not it. You know, we quickly can examine what we think something should look like. And so it's like, well, we tell people, oh, well, and we've seen what has gone and transpired in the world the past couple of days, just the hate and what this, it caused to happen with so much violence because of the race of someone or the race of some group, right? And so it's like, oh, you know, the world should have this, we should have more speed. That's not what Christ would want. And so then I pondered the question, how many of us really show somebody what Christ wants? How many of us, how many of us truly know what Christ is asking us? And so, you know, of course, naturally you were the guinea pig and you did great, but I think that that is an example that all of us could do. And you said at best, we have to model that, right? We have to actually model that. It's not so much about Bible beating or wearing a t-shirt, all that it is. When I walk every day, what do people see when I walk? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. You know, I can only imagine how busy your schedule is. You know, you came on, we were talking and it was just like, girl, you know what I'm doing right now. This time of year, you know what all coaches doing. And I'm like, yep, I do. You know, and so it, I tell people, if you're a coach, you're always in season. The season mm-hmm. change, but you're always in season year round. And so, of course, naturally, you know, we do what we can. I'm pretty sure you got to get in the gym here and there to stay physically fit. I'm pretty sure that, you know, in order to stay mentally fit, we're doing, you know, things here and there to just kind of stay fresh and polished in your game as a coach. But I want to know, how do you stay spiritually fit? You know, a lot of times when I'm busy, I'm like, Lord, I forgot to do my devotion today. I forgot to, but what do you do in that small time to just kind of have your time with Christ, whether it be a prayer or devotion, listen to a podcast, what do you do to keep your iron sharp? Um, I think it's just more so prayer mm-hmm. um, and reading different scriptures, you know, going to church on Sundays, um, but it's mainly just prayer, um, just, you know, having your, you know, your one-on-one private conversation with the Lord. I mean, I think that's very big to just, uh, uh, repent and just, you know, sit there and just have a conversation, you know, and just pray, um, and, and continue to just, you know, read your Bible and continue to just, you know, go to church. Um, that, that's for me, mm-hmm. that's for me It's just more so you know, prayer and just any, that's the thing about prayer. Any given time, you can just, come on now. I can start praying. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's it. you know, of course, you know, the best time is to sit down and go to churches on Sundays. But as far as prayer, um, anytime you're going through something, if it's positive, if it's negative, if it's growth or whatever the case may be, you can always just um, take some time out to pray. I think that's golden. And I laugh because my kids always be talking like, coach, man, let me get that one V1. You know, I try to stay hip on the lingo. I lost some days. I'm like, you're what? You know, one-on-one, one V1. And I was like, see y'all in that uh, PlayStation <laughs> or whatever. But you, that just came in my head when you were like my one-on-one time with God. And that truly is it. When you can get a one V1 with God, it doesn't matter what time of day it is. And the, the, the more you talk to him, I tell people it's just like a relationship of any sort, rather it's family, friendship, or even a relationship, right? Uh, romantic relationship. The, the more you talk, the more time you spend, the better you get to know that person. The same thing goes true with Christ. It's not a rocket science. It's like, well, I don't know how to pray like that. It's a conversation. I said, you, y'all probably don't want to come talk to me when I'm talking to Christ. You're like, you talk to him like that? Yes, I do. Right. We have a full conversation <laughs> like I'm talking to you, Lynn, and I'm real. And he because he knows me and I'm his child. And one of the things I, I find, just like you said, there's sometimes that when during the day I can have that one on one with him, it just changes my whole span of the day. 
like my day could have been about to derail. I'm just like, mm, hold on, Lord, we need to have a one-on-one right now. And it changes the whole scope because I realize that I'm not the head. Mm-hmm. Him, I realize that it puts me back in, in the passenger seat. Like, who told you to drive? That's your problem. You started driving, Chelsea. Get in the passenger seat. I got you. Right. I can have that conversation with him. It refocuses me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. That's strong right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. And you know, and, and, and I think it's so funny because as coaches and as leaders, sometimes we get so caught up in our schedule and trying to help those that we need that we, re- we have to realize we can take that leadership hat off in terms of trying to handle it when it comes with Christ. We, when we go before the throne of grace, we bow for his feet. We don't have to be coach. We don't have to be, all we have to be is his child. And that's a load off right there that I, I, I have learned to welcome in the course of my day. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it's definitely good just to take that, you know, that leadership head off at times. Because as you know, especially when you're a head coach, you, you're the lead, I'm the leader of this program. Um, anything that happens, good or bad, fall back on me. Mm-hmm. And so whereas though, when you, you're a child of God, you can take that leadership head off and just sit back and relax. You don't always, you don't have to be on edge. Because right yep. now, for me, I'm always on edge as far as just want to continue to want this program to grow in a positive light, positive direction. So, and when you have 15 to 16 student athletes um, that, that, that you're over, anything that they do, a coach or anything that, that's positive or negative, it, it falls back on you. Mm-hmm. So when you have the opportunity just to take that head off and, uh, of course, you're a child of God, you don't have to just be on the edge as far as being a leader, making sure this go right, making sure that go right. It, it just gives you like a breath of fresh air. I mean, I mean, it does. And, you know, in those times, that breath of fresh air, it means a lot. And it, it is a huge exhale when life can, oh, my gosh start feeling like you got 10,000 bricks on you, right? You know, in the course of a day, I was talking to somebody about this other day, in the course of a day, your life can change just with, you know, obstacles don't make appointments. I tell people all the time. They don't say, hey, Landon, how's tomorrow look around three so I can go ahead and give you your obstacle. That's not how nice, right? But we don't, we're not always going to be prepared um, for what's coming, right? But what my grandmother used to always tell me, my mom used to always tell me, she's like, baby girl, you got to keep a scripture in your heart. You got to stay so close to him in the word that when things happen, you ain't got to go running. You know, you know me, i am always been a Florida girl. And so, of course, transitioning to North Carolina, that was just a bit different, that cold and that snow, you know. And so, but being down here, it's always going to be a storm, especially right now in some form of fashion. And I tell people all the time and I laugh, I said, because, of course, naturally, we're so used to it, though. People say a hurricane's coming and we're like, ah, it's not going to be bad. And we wait to the last moment to try to prepare. And then we get caught slipping. But the same thing holds true as Christians, right? Especially in leadership. We have to make sure that even when things are good, we're still praying. Even when things are good, we're still leaning because we don't need to go trying to run and find and be ready when things come. You know, I always have scriptures or songs or certain quotes and things that I lean on in those moments. And so I want to know for you, when those moments come that are hard or where you just kind of feel a bit weary or, you know, the days get long and maybe the sleep kind of lessens, um, what are some of those either words or scriptures that you can kind of resemble behind, even if you can't remember exactly where they are, that helps you lean to kind of strengthen you to move forward? 
Um, well, I think one of the biggest things for me is um, one, one, one thing that I would say that helped me turn this program around and what I had to do a better job, I, I put so much pressure on myself to be successful. Mm. Mm-hmm. I put pressure on myself. And so, you know, throughout my two years here, you know, if I, like you said, the obstacle will come and I'm sitting there trying to figure it out, figure it out, figure it out, put pressure on myself just to let this program be successful. Then I had to sit back and say, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to let God take care of it. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to sit back and let it play out and let God take care of it. And what that does for me is to take pressure off of me. Mm-hmm. Where you know that you always, the God is always right there for you. And, you know, and that's one thing I had to do a better job of, you know, coming in and stop putting so much pressure on yourself to do this, to do that. Like, you know, let it play out. Let God take care of it. Like, sit back, think about it, just pray on it. And, you know, as we talked about, I would say, I wrote one, one down for you, Romans 12. Okay. It said, do not conform to the pattern mm-hmm. of this world. Be transformed by renewing of your mind. And so what I get out of that is, you know, don't submit to some of the things that go on in this world. Like don't conform to that. You know, don't conform to, of course, everybody just, you know, social media this, social media that, and just the stuff that go on in this world now that um, can really, um, you know, transpire in your mind that that's how it should be. Mm-hmm where we're not walking that faith where we see it every day we see this on social media we see this and we start to conform to certain things and then you know you got to transform and renew your mind as far as the right you know foundation that you that you come from and the the faith that you believe in um so that's that's just big for me just not trying to get caught up um in work not trying to get caught up in my position not trying to get caught up in just um being being successful when it's not my time mm. um so that, that's one of the biggest things for me that i had to um you know sit back and and, and relax on because as you know you know when you're a coach you're the basketball player whatever case it be, you're a competitor mm-hmm. you want to win you know the reason why i was granted the opportunity to be the head coach of Alcorn is to put this program back in championship form and i'm a competitor i want to win mm-hmm. okay but i also got to make sure i'm doing it the right way that i'm mm-hmm. leading these young men leading this this university and the men's basketball program in the right way so i think that was the biggest thing just about sitting back and just really stop putting so much pressure on myself um as far as just being successful in life period like you know let it play out when, when your time is right it's going to happen for you Mm-hmm. And, but you know, don't don't sit here and get caught up in this person at this age and this person has got this going for them and this person don't conform to the world like that. You mm-hmm. know, sit back and just you know continue to believe and have faith. That's so golden, especially in these times right now, right? Especially you know in this time of the season, right? You know, over the past couple of months, it's been like hiring and firing season. Right. It was the end of the year. So national basketball championships were going on. Right. The professional, the NBA basketball championships were going on. Hockey, all these things kind of come to a conclusion at the same time. And, and it is it is easy to do. Right. It is easy to get caught up in paying attention to my peers and watching them win. And then, of course, you want to win and not and being able to isolate and recognize, like we said, even prior in this conversation, that God's timing is best. But I think that scripture is so spot on 
right? That if we can continue to do that, it kind of helps us stay centered and grounded. That, you know, I was looking at a video and it was so perfect. I sent it to my young ladies and it was just talking about when you do hard work, right? And sometimes when you do hard work, hard work does not always result in a win. But it does not forsaken or it does not make the hard work um, any less important, right? Sometimes when you do right and sometimes when you follow how he's telling you to lead, it, the result is in the win right then, right? And then the other portion I tell my kids is you have to understand the definition of win in that moment. Sometimes it's not the actual global win that he wants you to have. Sometimes he wants you to learn something in that. Right. And so I know we hear things that says not always losses, it's lessons. Sometimes there are losses and there's sometimes those lessons in the loss. They have to take place because if I won, I wouldn't have paid attention to what he wanted me to see and what he wanted me to understand. So that was perfect. Yeah. And I tell my tell my guys all the time, um, I'd rather win the battle than the game mm. um, because mm. because, of course, sometimes, you know, that score, that scoreboard, it, it, it could be misleading. It could be very misleading, but we won the battle. I mean, we outworked this team. We we gained more than this team. It might not reflect it on the scoreboard, but we, we trust me, we won this battle as far as our physicality, our toughness, um, you know, just what we was able to gain, um, just by competing and fighting and things like that. So I, I'd rather win the battle than the numbers on the scoreboard. Now, of course, you of course you want to you know, have success and get some reward behind it. But I would much rather win this battle. You no, know, because it's time this year to where as though we won the game, but we lost the battle. Mm-hmm. Right, we just we just got our work. The guy, you know, we did not win this. We did not win this battle. We won the game. It's going to go on our record. But we didn't win this battle. We gained nothing out of this game right here. You know, we we took some, we took two or three steps back and we was headed in the right direction. And then like we talked about early on is that, you know, you have guys who drift off and start to um, want to do their own thing. And then when mm-hmm. you start to drift off to do their own thing, um, their success is not to where as though it was prior game. So you have to reel them back in. And even in practice, you know, so a lot of times that throughout the year, we will have to go back to doing things that we did day one. Mm-hmm. so these guys can just remember that foundation where do you come from what is this program built off of um so i think that's big i mean like i say i'm I much rather win the battle than the game that's so big and i've never heard it that way but i think it's so big because you can even apply that to our lives as christians we were so busy chasing the win right mm-hmm. in life that i don't want to Landon, I don't want to get to the place. It's like that scripture um, in Mark where it says, what profit a man to gain the whole wide world and lose his soul? Mm-hmm. He's so busy um, trying to get the next job and trying to, and not saying, please hear me, that person listen. I'm not saying that that is not something you shouldn't aspire to. I just want to ensure that I don't let that override the battle, as you said. I don't... Mm-hmm to override what my end goal is right that's the whole reason why christ gave this platform that you know i don't lose the thought that everything that i do is to glorify him and so sometimes i won't get that job title sometimes i get that win but when i continue to win the battle 
that allows me to continue to stay stretched, uh, stretched and strong and ready when God is ready to move me to my next. And at the end of the day, when I need him, when I won the battle, instead of chasing the win, I, that's my point where I don't hear, I know you not. I'm going to hear, well done, that good and faithful servant. So I think that is perfect. Like I said, I circled that like four times over here. Seriously. <laughs> like don't, sometimes we can't, we have to make sure it's not about the win. We want to win the battle. And I think that's golden. Yeah. Cause like I said, sometimes you can go in the game and you can play the game and you can win the game, but you know, did you, did you win with class? Come on. Did you, treat, did, did, you did you treat, you know, the other team and the referees and, or, you know, or you could, like I said, you can lose, you can lose, you know, the, the, on the scoreboard, but you won the battle by just, you know, competing to the very last whistle, you know, um, didn't win the game, but you, but you learned a lot from this experience. You treated the referees and you was very, had some sportsmanship with the other team and, you know, just having some type of, you know, dignity and some character behind you as far as when you step onto this court at the end of the day, like these people, the referees, these are people. Yep. These are people. Of course, it's a very competitive game. And of course, a lot of emotions get behind it. But you could win a game and just win with no class. You did not, mm-hmm. you did not win today. Mm-hmm. Don't think just because this one game right here, it's just one game. It's, it's one game. This is right here, but it can also, you know, how you act or how you treat people, this can stain you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's just very big on just, you know, I'm just always trying to instill in my God just by treating people the right way, by doing things the right way. No matter if we're on a basketball court, in the classroom, around campus, just off campus, just by treating people the right way. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, and I think sometimes that, it's just like what you said, when you remember the bigger picture, right? I tell people all the time, I hear people talk about coaches um, of all different sports, all different levels, and say, yeah, but they don't really win the right way. Mm. I, and that follows their name. Uh, yeah, but they won, but it's, I don't want a but at the end of my success, right? Mm-hmm. I would rather win the right way, as you said. You know, I've been, I tell the girls all the time, all I want is your fight. Right. I love the way you put it, but we love I, I just want to see that you fall. I there's been some games that we have not won that I've been more proud of them than games that we won. And I'm like, y'all, y'all know we shouldn't have came out on top in this. One. You know, mm-hmm. and I think because that builds character. Right. I think that, you know, that is exactly the whole goal when trying to raise and mentor these young people is get them to understand what it's going to take when they, you know, march out into this world on their own. When no one's watching, what are you doing? When no one's holding your hand, what decisions will you make? And when all in life seems to be against you, will you still do things the right way? Mm-hmm. I think that's perfect. Absolutely, it is. Absolutely. Yeah. I, 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 I 100% agree with you when it comes to that. You know, I tell, like I said, I talk to my guys all the time. I think, you know, you know character is really based off of what are you doing when no one is watching? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, trying to just, you know, continue to instill and recruit good high character guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with me personally, I, I like to take a guy um, who I can help grow and develop. Yeah. And uh, I'm not going to just, you know, turn my back on a guy if I try to see that, if I kind of see that, you know, he has some gray areas, he needs room for an improvement. 
um, that's a challenge for me that, you know, help, you know, a young man grow um, and build up his character. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's golden because isn't that how Christ does us? Right? He says, come to me as you are. Not, hey, go mm-hmm. up. Hey, right. that you get to this point, then come holler at me. Nah, he says, come to me as you are. Right? And then I, I'm going to help you when you basically relinquish uh, your hands off. You take your hands off. I always laugh. I, I said this the other day, but, you know, my daughter, Hendrix, I'll try to put her in the in her seat and she always tries to grab hold to the straps. And then of course I'm like, well, Hendrix, that's not helping because now I'm probably about to snap your hand in the buckle, move your hands out the way and then I can help you. And then I laugh so hard at how Christ speaks to me in a way like, oh, so you're gonna tell her that? And that's what I told you? <laughs> you to take your hand off that situation, right? I told you that. And you somehow keep trying to take it back. You keep somehow trying to do it in your own might. So now, you, baby, take your hands off so you can help. Well, let me tell you this. Take your hands off so I can help you. And I love how Christ does us that way. I don't need you to do anything. The only thing I need to do is love me with everything you have and treat my people right, as you just said. And right. It's so perfect because we make this Christian walk hard. I'm not saying that hard times don't come, but we make this Christian walk harder than it has to be. I'll say it that way, mm-hmm. right? Because he simply said that, y'all. Like, I tell people this all the time. I'm like, no, uh-uh. I hear all that. I read all that, and that's fine. But what I want y'all to do is pay attention to what we miss. He said, I need you to love me with all your heart and all your mind, all your soul. Everything you got, love me first, and don't put nobody before me. Then I just want you to love my people. That's it. Love your neighbor as you would love yourself. That's it. Absolutely. And so when we can do that, which is why I love how you describe that in this whole conversation, we can do that. That begins to model the leadership he's asking us to be. And so that moves me to this servant leadership portion, right? You know, it's amazing. We've been doing this for two years now. Um, It started within the pandemic and just as coaches, athletic professionals and athletes, we're trying to realize, you know, how it is that Christ wants us to lead and serve. Like we can't forget him. We can't forget to add him into the equation, right? Just because we become a brand or just because we become the leader of this school or this program. And so of course, naturally, as we begin to close up, there are two questions I have to give the servant leaders that are on the call in order to kind of enshrine you into the servant leader family. And the first one is basically going back to when I asked you about being spiritually fit, right? Um, and so a lot of times my day does get long as does yours. And so, you know, you have your one-on-one time with Christ and so do I. And in that time, one of the things that I do is what I call my God is devotional, right? And so in that time, I just say God is, and I just continue to list off the things that he is to me, right? Because the days do get hard. And sometimes the test ask at hand does get hard. And sometimes even though we win the battle, we went through a lot before we, mm-hmm. you know, but in that God is devotional, I'm reminded of who he is and it kind of helps me to be able to stand. So in my devotional, I get to say a bunch, but of course, naturally with on this call, you only get one. So if I said God is, and I drew an imaginary blank, how would servant leader Landon Bussy feel that blank? God is what to you? I would just say God is my leader. Come on now. Um, Yes. Yeah, my leader. Um, Come on, Landon. <laughs> just try to follow, you know, his lead. You know, just 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 follow behind. But yes, you no. Know, God is my leader, and you know, in every step of life, like I said, in any any decision I make is, you know, 
it's going to be based off of his lead. And isn't it amazing how when we learn, just like I tell my daughter and just like God reminds me, when we allow him to be the leader, how much easier it becomes? Mm-hmm. Like, why yeah. am I sitting trying to figure it out when he already has a handle? Right. Worked it out, <laughs> and I'm still over here trying to figure it out. You know, and that's what I and that's what I say. This is me as far as just putting so much pressure on myself to be successful and putting more pressure on this on this program and not trying to be a failure, not trying to let so many people down. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes some time off, man. It's already it's, God has already figured out. It's already been handled. You know, my job is to sit back and just follow his lead. That's it. That's it. And it's it's funny. I you know I teach as well, and it's so funny. I remember we would always try to make things fun and we were doing these equations and problems and it was like time, right? So it was almost like a answer relay. So I give you these questions and you have to work it out as a group and then bring me the answer first and the answer has to be right. And so I'll never forget the kid had already brought it to me. The team had one and the other one was still trying to work it out. And they were like, you know, them, bruh, why are you still working on the problem? We already figured it out, right? And so that's how God looks. He's like, bruh, I got worked it out what are you doing I, you know, I've already worked it out and you still over here trying to look at them right if I said I wish I could see just for two seconds how God's facial expression is at me when I'm trying to do it absolutely I, I know he's looking at me like this girl I know he is <laughs> and of course this is the servant leader coaches bible study where servant leadership much of what we talked about all day today and much of what exudes through you as I watch you as you explain and as you coach your young men but learning to lead and serve like Christ, learning to recognize that even though I had a program, like you said, God is my leader, but servant leadership takes on so many different uh, definitions. But if I asked you servant leader, Landon Bussey, servant leadership, two words, but what does it mean to you? (laughs) You know, I had to end with a bang. Right. I I think that it it just, like I said, I, I think it just, to me, it just, it just, like we talked about in the past as far as just, when you're a head coach, you just always, it's always, no matter if it's a positive or negative light, you know, that servant leader, like you are the leader. Mm. And, and it's bigger than just basketball. It's just leading young men. So when I think of a servant leader, I think of a person who is just a model or role model um, that is that, that's in a situation or put, put in a position to uh, um, shine light on mm-hmm. this program, shine light on these student athletes, and then also being able to um, handle what comes to it. When you're a leader, like I said, you, it's, it, you, you, you won't make everybody happy. But you have to do what's in the best interest of the program. You have to do what, what you believe in and, uh, um, and what, what the Lord has got you to do. That's perfect. That's perfect. I had to get it all, right? <laughs> I think, you know, it's, it's more than anything, like we said, you know, we got to make sure that we're, when Christ gives us something, we have to handle it right. You know, mm-hmm. I never forget, I'll say this before we close out, I'll never forget um, getting in these new pair of shoes when I was younger. You know, kids don't know nothing about shoes and anything like that, right? And I didn't realize what they were, right? They were Grant Heels, okay? And the Carolina Blue Grant Heels. And mm-hmm. I went out with them in the rain. Now, I can promise you right now, if I had some retro Grant Heels, I would be in the rain in them. 
But as a kid, I didn't recognize the value. I didn't recognize what my mom spent on those, right? And so I think so often as servant leaders, we don't recognize how heavy the weight, what God has entrusted in us to be the light. And I love how you said that, that he's asking us to be the light and to shine Mm -hmm. on the people that we lead. And sometimes that light gets heavy when we're holding it, but it's the charge that he gave. And as that hymn says, Mm -hmm. it's the keep I have, a God to glorify. Mm -hmm. That's so good, Landon. Come on now. (laughs) Landon, man, this has been great. I I mean, I appreciate you so much. Even back then in our playing days, I just, I've always thought the world of you just, you were a light then. You really were, you know, growing up, like you said before, we're in college, you know how things go, but you still were that person. It didn't just start now where you treated people right, you know, you held up the light. And I thank you for continuing to do that because you're touching so many people, man, and you're helping those young men and you're being successful doing that. And I'm not surprised because of the person that you are. So thank you for coming on and chatting with me today. I really do appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Chelsea. Thank you Absolutely. so much. Now, of course, in true form, before you go, I got to cover you. So just bow your heads. If you're driving, don't do that. Just listen. But Heavenly <laughs> right now, just for what we've seen and what we heard, we thank you, Lord God, just for your covering. I pray a special blessing right now for Coach Lynn and bless you, Lord God. Be with him, Lord God, as he continues to lead your young men. Be with him, Lord God, as he continues to help grow more servant leaders, Lord God. Strengthen him where he's weak. Build him up up where he's torn down, Lord God. I pray a special prayer right now, Lord God, of peace and unity, Lord God, within our world. So much hatred, Lord God, that's not of you, but help us to continue to exhibit what you are, Lord God, so we can continue to override the hate, Lord God. But most of all, Help us to continue to be light so that those that may not know you can find you. In your son Jesus' name, we'll always pray. Amen. Amen. My favorite line of the podcast, servant leader, Landon Bussey. You're now part of the servant leader family. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, it's always love. I appreciate you so much. If anything I can do, just let me know. Absolutely. Thank you. Good talking to you. Absolutely. We thank you guys for listening. We're going to see you guys next time.